0: Lord, everyone, it is so good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Amen.
1: I am so thankful again for this glorious and beautiful day that the Lord has given unto us. Amen. His kindness and love and thanksgiving. Praise God. The Bible tells us to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, to come into his presence with singing, to know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us. And not we ourselves, for we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It tells us to enter in his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, being thankful unto him and to bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth, and do it to all generations. And so that's what I want to do today, and I pray that you would join with me tonight, amen, as we pray and and seek God's face for directions tonight for the word of God to come forth, amen, with boldness and understanding, with wisdom and knowledge, amen, that we will be strengthened in the inner man when we leave this place tonight. Father, we praise you. We give honor and thanksgiving to you. Father, once more and again, I have a chance to bend down one more time and to call upon that name that is so much higher than I, Lord God. Thy love and kindness is better than life, and my lips shall praise thee while I live. I look unto you, Father. You are indeed the author and the finisher of my faith. You tell me to cast all my cares upon you because you care it for us, O Lord, and we cast our cares tonight. We're asking you, Father, that you will be with the bereaved tonight, that you would touch and comfort in every place, Lord. I ask that you would be with those that need healing tonight, God, that you would reach down and that you would heal. I pray that you would be with our leaders of our nation tonight. Uh, I pray, Lord God, that you would touch them in every place and lead them in the right directions, oh, God. You said that they that rule over men must rule just, must rule in the fear of God, Lord, I pray for our nation and the leaders of our nation, oh God, across this land of the fruited plains that you would touch their hearts and they would realize, God, that there's none greater than you and they serve at your capacity and at your will, oh God. And you can take one down and put another one up, oh God. I pray that you touch them tonight, Lord, that you would minister in every place of their homes, in their lives, oh God. Uh, I pray, Lord God, for our first responders tonight, Lord, that you would continue to touch them, Lord, again this evening, oh Lord. Uh, I pray for our police force. I pray- Pray for our medical personnel, our firemen, O oh God. I pray that you would touch them tonight, O oh God, and strengthen them in every place. Uh, I pray for every saint of God around the globe, Lord, and every country and every nation that is fearful or needing food or hunger and thirst, O oh God, that they would open up your hand, O oh God, and provide. Your word tells me that you open your hand. We'll feel if you close it, we die, God, but we look to you. We look to you tonight, O God, to guide us and to direct us, O Lord, in every area, Lord God. I thank you tonight uh, just for another chance, Father, to say thank you. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the clothes upon my back. Thank you for the food that you provide. Thanks for water to drink, O God. Thanks for a bed to lay my head on and find rest, O God. Thank you for my family, my loved ones, our children and grandchildren. Thank you for everything that you do, God, moment by moment and hour by hour, things that are seen and things that are unseen tonight. Uh, I thank you that I can trust you, Lord. I thank you that I have come to know you, Lord. I'm thankful, Lord that you have made a way where there seems to be no way. And I thank you, Lord God, for every new life that is birthed, oh God, uh, into the land, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to guide and direct uh, in these areas, oh Lord Jesus, tonight. Uh, Touch those that are with child tonight, Lord. Heal and strengthen in every place, in every way. Be with our military that provides defense for us, oh God. And so do we have a great way of life, Lord. Protect them and their families and their loved ones. <clears throat> Strengthen their ministry tonight, Lord. I pray for every pastor, every every leader, Lord God, every evangelist. Oh God, that you would continue to touch them in every place and lead and guide them in every area of their lives tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Oh,
0: Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary. To be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving, I'll be A living sanctuary, oh for you. Oh Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy, Tried and true, And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living Sanctuary Oh you why don't you lift your hands and sing it O oh Lord prepare me to be a saint to where pure and holy tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, Oh, God, prepare us uh, to be
1: a sanctuary, pure and holy. Trod and true with thanksgiving, I will be a living sanctuary for you, O God. The Lord told Moses to speak to my people, he says, uh, and have them to make me a sanctuary that I may dwell uh, amongst my people. Amen. And I want to be that living sanctuary. I want to be pure. I want to be holy. I want to be right. Uh, Amen. I want to be prepared for the soon coming of the lord amen praise god the bible tells me to follow peace with all men and holiness without shall no man see the lord and i want to walk in peace i want to operate in peace i want to live according to that prince of peace amen which is jesus christ because he will keep me in perfect peace as my mind stay upon him Praise God. If you have your Bibles tonight, amen, we are in the Word of God. We're studying. We've been talking about being a living sacrifice, amen, for the Lord from Romans chapter 12, amen. We have seen Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. Amen. we got to live according to the word of God. We've got to get ourselves into the process and to be able to study God's Word and to be able to look into the perfect law of liberty, James call it, and continue therein and not be in the forgetful hearer of God's Word. But we got to be a doer, he tells us in James chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. We've got to learn how to apply. We've got to study this book, we've got to realize that God has placed precepts upon precepts, line upon line, here a little and there a little. And as Paul says that the, the, the mystery of the Godhead, that the Bible to some extent is, is a mystery book and you have to search. You've got to look through it. You just can't Find one piece and stop and say, I got it. you got to keep searching. You've got to keep looking, you know, It's, it's like putting a puzzle together. You might find one small piece that might connect to another piece, but you've got to keep looking if you're going to complete the complete puzzle. And it's the same way with our lives. If we're going to come into the knowledge and the understanding and the fullness of the assurance of understanding of who God is and what he desires us to become in our lives, we've got to get in this book from Genesis to Revelation. We've got to study because there's there's things hidden here and there. I always tell people, you know, all the years, thirty-something years, I I had read the Bible through from cover to cover, you know, and I had for some reason I had always skipped over that prayer of Jabez, you know, maybe because it was constantly hidden there, but when it says so and so, we got so and so, and so and so, we got so and so, and then all of a sudden it pops up talking about Jabez. And Jabez prayed and asked the Lord to strengthen his stakes and his, his, you know, in his tent, you know, and and it goes right back again to start talking about, you know, so so be God so and so, and then here comes David Wilkerson along and he writes a book, you know, the prayer of Jabez and make millions of dollars, you know. There there's hidden treasures in here, you know. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling and he finds a field and there's a treasure in that field and he goes and sell everything he has and he buys that field because the treasure is there amen we have a treasure paul says in second corinthians 4 7 that we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god and not of us He said, we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. We're always bearing about in the body that I know the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be manifested in us. See, we we are to be that sanctuary in the earth. We are to be that living sacrifice in the earth. We are to manifest Jesus Christ in our lives through a lost and dying world. That's why Jesus says we are the salt of the earth. He says you're the light of the world. He says so let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. We have to manifest him in us. This is why Paul right into the church at Philippians chapter two, verse five. You know, let's start with verse one, Philippians uh, chapter two, verse one. He says, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the spirit, any bows of mercy, amen, fulfill you my joy that you be like mine and having the same love, being in one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife and vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let not every man look on the things of others on his own things, but also on the things of others. Now watch this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Somewhere in my spiritual life, in my spiritual learning, I have got to get the mind of Christ in me. He's my father. He's He's my life. You know, I've, in order for me to manifest him, I've got to somewhere start thinking like him. I've got to somewhere start to act like him. I've got to behave like him. I've got to walk like him. Amen. I, I've got to be able to uh, live in such a way that people will see Christ in me, the hope of glory. See, I, if, if I'm going to be that living sacrifice, I've got to come out from among them. Paul says in First Corinthians and, and, and 6, 1 Corinthians six, Paul says, "Come out from among them and be separate." Except the Lord, I meant Second uh, Corinthians, excuse me, my mistake. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and you may, shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit and perfect holiness and the fear of God. See, we have to be set apart. We've got to get to perfection. Now, last week, we was talking about mortifying the body. Amen. We was talking about mortifying to bring it under subjection. Paul, writing into the church at Colossus in the third chapter, chapter 5 through verse 10, he says, "...mortify therefore the members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness." in and order and affection, even concupiscence and covishness, which is adultery, for which things sakes the wrath of God come on the children of disobedience, and the which you also walk sometime when you lived in them. But now, notice, but now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, 50 communication out of your mouth, Lie not one to another, see that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after him that created him. In other words, the new man is created after Jesus Christ. And that's the one we have put on, and that's the one that should be seen in us. Notice what Paul says to the church now in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 29 he says, for as many of you which has been baptized in the Christ, you're all the children of God by Jesus Christ, okay? Now, verse 27, for as many of you have been baptized in Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. So when we are baptized in Jesus' name, we're putting on Jesus. And so with Jesus in us, amen, and around us, and we have on the armor of God, we should be able to stand firm and steadfast, uh, and he should be able to be seen in us. The more truth I have, The more righteousness I have, the more peace I have, the more faith I have, the more hope I have, the more word of God I have, the more I pray, the more God is going to be revealed and manifest to a people around me, to a lost uh, and a dying world. But if I don't have these things operating in my life, then what's going to control me? My flesh is going to control me. My old man is going to up uh, uh, rise up again. So, therefore, we've got to get our flesh under control. Now, last week we said that to mortify, it means to put the death. It means to deprive it of its power, to destroy it of its strength. Amen. Put it to death. Deprive the, the, the it of its power. To destroy its strength. Now, I'm not saying here to go out and take a gun and kill yourself. That's not what we're saying here. To to, to uh, put the flesh to death is to live a life of repentance. Amen. You need to constantly have a life of repentance in your life. Praise God. Amen. You need to learn how to have respect for yourself. And for other people, you need to be able to endure hardness, Paul says, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, you need to be able to take a licking and keep on ticking. That's why Paul said, told the church there in court that we just saw a while ago. He says, you've got something in you. You've got a treasure in you to help you endure And to fight off and to ward off all the things that the enemy keeps bringing against you. You've got to learn how to put up with some stuff. You've got to learn how to endure some things in your life, amen, so that you do not give in to your flesh uh, and you want to respond according to your flesh. Uh, You want to have endurance uh, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, So notice what Paul said. He said, we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. He says, we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are cast down. But we're not destroyed. We are always bearing about in this body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel has got to be manifested in our lives. And the only way people is going to be able to see that is how we endure. Can we keep going when we're hit hard? Uh, Can I get back up Uh, when people say things that I don't like? Can I still endure? Can I keep going? Can I keep moving? If not, my repentance uh, may not be in place. Uh, You see, repentance is have purity in heart and mind. You've got to have a pure heart. You've got to have a pure mind if you're going to live. A life of sacrifice for God. You've got to have this flesh under control. You've got to be able to edify yourself first and foremost. Uh, You've got to be able to build up yourself, Jude said, on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keeping yourself and the love of god you have to learn how to edify yourself and not only that edify others Uh, you've got to have a life of nobility in your life amen you've got to have good strong morals operating constantly in your life the character nature should be in operation You've got to have temperance. You've got to be able to control you. You've got to be able to control how you respond. You've got to learn how to control your way of life in the way you live and not allow things to come in and try to destroy you. You've got to have, amen, to be able to annihilate anything out of your life. That would come in to try to destroy you, bad attitudes, bad feelings, all these things. You've got to get this this stuff under control. You've got to get it out of your life. And this is where repentance uh, come in. You can go to the altar. Many people go to the altar and they say they're repenting and then they get up and they still got bad feelings uh, in their hearts against people. Well, what did you repent of? Amen. Godly sorrow work repentant. The salvation, not to be repented of, but godliness of the uh, 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 sadness of the world work at death. So you've got to be able to annihilate, get things out of your life that's not like Jesus Christ if you're gonna manifest him in your life. Amen. You you have never can give in to wrongdoing. You don't want to ever be given the wrongdoing amen that's why paul told the church at rome he said don't ever let your good be evil spoken of you've got to make sure that you stay good you're the fruit you're the fruit of the vine and it's all good fruit but with it's bad fruit it'll be taken away you've got to be moved with compassion jesus was moved with compassion When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. You've got to be able to exalt others better than yourself. True repentance. What happened to Esau? He could not find repentance because he wanted to kill his brother as soon as he wept and cried. See, we have to bring this flesh under subjection. We've got to kill it. And the way we do that is through golly repentance, sincere repentance, if I am going to be a living sacrifice. Amen. I have to learn how to live. I got to learn how to be like Christ. I can't read the word of God and, and, and not do it. See? The word of God is designed to make me free. That's what Jesus says. If you continue in my word. Then are you my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. God is not going to have a sacrifice that is not the real thing. You've got to be the real deal. If you say you're a Christian, you've got to be the real Christian. You've got to be like your father. You've got to be made according to the pattern. But see, most people keep letting their flesh... Control them. They keep letting their flesh rule over them. Say, we are commanded to walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit and life in Christ has made us free, Paul says in Romans 8, from the law of sin and death. But flesh is out of control. You you can look everywhere in the world and it's slowly creeping into the church. You know, look at all the, the tattoos on people's body. Look at all the body piercing now. It started out, if you stopped and think, and I'm not being critical because I was in the world, I know. But thank God he's pulled me out and given me an understanding. You know, you stop and think. Look back how it started with body piercing. You know, women started getting just a little pierced earring. And then they had earrings. And then all of a sudden now they got 30 or 40 earrings across the years, some of them. It's just like there's no stopping. Piercing in their nose. Piercing in their tongue. Piercing in their lips. Piercing in their belly buttons. Piercing all over their body. The flesh is totally out of control. They got tattoos up and down their body, tattoos all over their body. You know, I wonder what they're going to do when their battleships sink. You know, it, it, it's just constantly the flesh is out of control. Lust and fornication and envy and hatred. Amen. Notice what Paul write into the church at Galatians chapter 5 when he speaks to the flesh here. Verse 19. He says, "Amen." chapter 5, verse 19, he says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife. Sedition, heresies, indians, murderers, drunkenness, and revelins of the such like of the which I tell you before as I have told you in times past that they which do such thing shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is why he's commanding us to get our flesh under subjection. Because if you live of the flesh, you let your flesh keep controlling you, you're never going to be a living sacrifice for God. Because your life will always be corrupt. Your life will always be turned upside down. Your life is always going to be tainted and tainted by the things of this world, and it's not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. We have to make sure that we bring this flesh under subjection each and every day. Now, notice what James says over in James chapter 3 when he's talking about the tongue being a little member, but it's set on course and fires the courses of hell. James drops down here in verse 13, and he says, Who is a wise man and endure with knowledge among you? He says, "If you're wise and you got knowledge, he says, let him show out of a good conversation or good behavior his works with meekness, ab wisdom." Amen. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the true. This wisdom descended not from above, but it is earthly. It is sensual, it is devilish, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, is gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. See, so he says, if you've got bitter and envy in your heart, he said that don't come from God. You've got to get your mind stayed upon Christ. You've got to get your flesh under control. Amen. You've got to deny your flesh the things that keeps it going. You want to help destroy it by in your body, in this natural life, the Word of God. The more of the Word of God you study, the more of the Word of God you hide, the more of the Word of God you memorize into your system, the stronger your spiritual man is going to be, and the weaker your flesh man is going to be. The Spirit will begin to lead you and guide you. See, you're trying to be this living sacrifice. See, because a living sacrifice is being able to give, you give yourself God to God to be used. But He's not going to use you if you're not a living sacrifice. Man can use you, but is God going to use you to get you to where He wants you to be? Amen. In your walk with Him. That's why John tells us in 1 John chapter 2, 15 and 16, John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if the man loves the world, the love of God is not in him. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, it is of the world. See? And the world is going to pass away. So don't love this world. Because if you love this world, what's going to happen is you're going to feed the flesh. <clears throat> you have to bring it under control. You have to be in control of this new life that you now have. Because the thief, Jesus says, come not but for the steal, to kill, and to destroy. So you have to get your flesh under control. In Hebrews eleven seven it says, by faith, Noah... Been one of God of things not seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of His house. But notice by which He did what? He condemned the world and became the heirs of righteousness what by faith. Notice He condemned the world. He judged against it. He He saw that it was wicked. Amen. He came to a conclusion that it was something that he did not want to be a part of. He understood because God had already told Noah, amen, before he ever gave him the plan to build the ark. He says, the whole world has come up wickedness before me, and God told him he was going to destroy the earth, amen. But Noah found favor in the sight of God. So anytime God tells you he's going to destroy something, you don't want to be a part of that. We already know, based on the Word of God, that as Paul Peter says, if you look at Second Peter chapter four, go there with me tonight, Amen. I mean, three. Excuse me. Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. Man. Starting with verse three, knowing this verse that there should come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this, Peter says, they are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the waters... uh, and in the waters, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Amen. Everyone at the Nog built that ark and got inside of it perished, Peter said. Amen. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word of God, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment. Uh, and prediction of ungodly men. The first heaven and the first, or Peter says, they were destroyed by water. The one that you and I are living on right now is going to be destroyed by fire. Amen. So why would I want to be a part of something that is going to be burned up? Amen. I'm not I don't want to be it. He goes on here. He says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, so Peter said, look, you know, you got a promise already that God is going to destroy it by fire just because it haven't happened yet. He says, don't you think God ain't forgot what he said he's going to do? Amen. He's long suffering towards us. He's not willing that any should perish, but that everyone would come to repentance, would change their lives. Amen. He says, but the day of the Lord will come. As a thief in the night, and the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what man or person ought you to be in all holy behavior and godliness looking for. And hasten unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you're looking for such thing, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot And without blemish. In other words, you be a living sacrifice. You've got to be steadfast, unmovable. You've got to have your life ready for the coming of the Lord. Because you don't know when he's coming. I don't know when he's coming. So he says, as a thief cometh in the night. Jesus says, if the good man of the house would have knew in what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched. Amen. But you don't know when Jesus is coming. So therefore, you need to be ready for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man shall come. Solomon writing in the book of Ecclesiastes. Amen. Let me get there real quick. Proverbs, I mean, Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Solomon says, verse 10 through uh verse 11. I meant 12, 12, 12. May go to 13. Let's see here. 10. Solomon says, And so I saw the wicked bear it, who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgetting, were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also vanity. Notice, because sentence against an evil work is not executed expediently, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. So Solomon said, "Just because it is not speedily executed, amen, it's still going to happen. God's ways are not our ways." Isaiah says in 55. He says, "God's ways are not our ways, and neither is His thoughts our thoughts." See, God is long-suffering; He's not willing that any shall perish. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. So God has given us an opportunity, and so Peter says, God wants us to repent. He wants us to sincerely, truly turn around and get our flesh under control. As John says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father, it's of the world, and the world's going to pass away. Noah condemned it. We need to be condemning it. Amen. We need to see it as wickedness, and it's going to burn. Amen. And I don't want to be a part of the burning process. Amen. I want to be with my Savior. I want to live with him forever and ever. And I'm practicing now to be that living sacrifice that he wants me to be. Paul goes on in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 1. Romans chapter eight. Paul says, there is therefore none now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for the sins condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. you remember the Lord says to Jeremiah, I will write my law in their hearts and their minds so everyone will know me. Amen. The law isn't done away with, it's supposed to be in your heart and in your mind so that you know how to behave and so you know how to act. Amen. Verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh and they that are after the Spirit, the things after the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life And peace. Amen. So I have to ask you a question. Are you walking in peace? Are you spiritual minded? Amen. Is is your mind like Christ? Amen. Spiritual minded. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Are you thinking like him? Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus? Is your mind stayed on the things of God? Are you living spiritual life? Are you living according to God's Word? Are you living a holy and separated life here? Amen. Spiritual minded and a mind of peace, a life, amen, of peace. If not, you might be walking in the flesh. If you got a lot of turmoil in your life, you're probably walking in the flesh and not the spirit. If you're soon angry, you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. You know, if you have bitterness, James says, it don't come from the Lord. you got envy. It doesn't come from the Lord. So we have to realize that. See, but if you walk in the spirit, then you're going to have a life a peace and a spiritual mind. He goes on in the seventh verse. He says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the laws of God. Neither can be The flesh is not going to obey God's word. It's not going to do it. So, you know, so to be carnally minded here is, is the enemy of God is against God. It's against God's way. It's not subject. It's not going to obey what God is saying. The flesh is never going to allow you. This is why you've got to bring it under subjection if you say you're going to be a living sacrifice. You have to control this thing. Amen. He goes on in verse number 8. So then they that are in the flesh, you can't please God. And what is our goal? We want to be pleasing to God. Notice what Paul says that you'll be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. You, you want God to accept you. You want to hear at the end what Jesus say: Well done. That good. And faithful servant, say. But if I'm not pleasing to God, man, that that's that's bad for me. Say, I want to be well pleasing to God. Say, that's why Hebrews 11:6 says, you know, that without faith, it's impossible to what? Please God. hey So I've got to believe the word of God. The children of Israel couldn't enter the promised land because of their unbelief. See, I've got to. I want to please God by my actions. I want to be that living sacrifice. I want to be well pleasing to him. I want to commit my life to him. I want to dedicate to me him. You see, that's why when you look at Samuel's life, what does Hannah do? Amen. She gave him. When you give a become a living sacrifice, you are saying, "God, here am I. Use me any way you want to use me. I'm no longer mine. This is not my life. This is your life. You do with it whatever you desire to do with it. I give myself away," the song says, "so I can use you." It's amazing the number of people sing that song, you know, and and they don't believe it. They don't give themselves away. Hannah, he, she made God a promise when before she was ever pregnant. She says, God, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. And after she win him, what happened? She brought him back and she gave Samuel, amen, to God. And he spent the rest of his life in that sanctuary serving as the prophet of God. Because she gave him back. She had no holes on him after that. When we come to the altar and we repent of our sins, what am I saying? God, I'm yours. You can do with me as you desire. I want to be a living sacrifice to be used by you. If you tell me to go to ten buck two, I'll go to ten buck two. If you tell me to go over yonder, I'll go over yonder. You go over the seas or whatever you want me to do. I'm yours. You send me wherever you want me to go because I'm going to be a living sacrifice for you. That's why we're we're we are told Peter uh, tell us that we should not live the rest of our lives amen to ourselves. Let me find the scripture here. Uh, First Peter four two. Amen. First Peter four two. Go there real quick. First Peter. We're almost at the back of the book back there. Start with verse one. Let's get verse one in here. Peter says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, now watch this. He says, Arm yourselves likewise With the same mind. In other words, get your flesh under subjection. Do not let your flesh control you. Amen. Christ suffered in the flesh. You need to do it. You need to, you know, not let your flesh have everything it wants and everything it desires. Every lust. That's what you've got to understand. Lust is just a strong desire and longing and yearning for something forbidden. Amen. And so as a result of this, we need to get it under control and not let it have everything it wants that is forbidden according to the Word of God. We have to study the Word of God, and God's Word will tell us things that keep away from our lives. That's why Peter says... Fornication, adultery, and witchcraft and evil and all these things, the works of the flesh, he says, You stay away from it. Don't lust after it. Get it under control. Now, Peter tells us, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself like-minded with the same mind. For he that have suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. You want to get sin out of your life, don't let the flesh control you. Don't let the flesh have operational control. You can stop sin. Amen. In your life, if you control, let the spirit lead you and guide you and control you. But if you lust and yearn and for the things that are forbidden and you keep giving it to the flesh, amen. That's why you people keep committing sins. That's why so many Christians keep Said, said, you know, oh, I can't stop, I, I can't, you know, sin. Everybody sin. No, you got to bring it under control. Don't keep making excuses. Like I said Sunday, you know, ignorance is not an excuse to sin. All that does, ignorance does, is just give more control and more power to your sin. So you have to bring it under control. Verse 2, Peter says here, that you should no longer should live the rest of his time and the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Notice, he says, once you get this thing under control, he says, once you arm yourself, See, like Christ did, he says, you don't allow your flesh anymore to control you. You don't live the rest of your time under this earth, amen, to your flesh, sinning. He says, you live the rest of your life now to Christ as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing, of your mind, Amen. See, you you've got to bring this thing under subjection. Praise God if we're going to be that living sacrifice that that He says here, Amen. Notice what He says here also, and in First Peter two, verse eleven. Drop back over a couple of pages. Now notice in in, in chapter two here in First Peter. Peter tells you, you know, he he tells you that you, as you read down through this, he tells you that you are to be a what? A living stone. He says you are to be a living stone. Amen. So that here that you are are built up to become a spiritual house unto the Lord. He goes on and says, but you, verse 9, you are chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation that you should show forth the praises of him, which has called you out of darkness to his marvelous light. Again, we go back to the onset of this study tonight to manifest God. That's why you've been chosen out of the world. You was not chosen by God to represent and reflect the world. You was chosen by God to represent and reflect Him in the lost and dying world in the earth. See, that's why you were chosen. Your life is to be a manifestation. Verse 10, which in times past, you were not a people, but now are you the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy it is the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because His compassion fell not there new every morning. Verse 11, Peter says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Have your behavior or conversation honest among the Gentiles, That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. See, so he says, you let having your conversation or your behavior honest among the Gentiles, the people around us. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. You are to reflect Christ in this earth. Amen. Paul goes on in Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Of course, I like the whole thing. Let's start with verse 1. Go back to verse 1. What shall we then say to these things? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? See, when you repent of your sins, you're dying to this world. So you don't want to keep living that way. You've got to bring the old man under subjection. God forbid. How should we that are dead to sin? Dead people don't serve sin. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together and the likeness of his death, we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Watch. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. See, we we buried the old guy. So we need to realize that he's a dead creature. And that's why Paul, right into the church at Corinth, in the 15th chapter, he says, as we have bore the image of the earthly, we must bear the image of the heavenly, which is Jesus Christ. We have got to let this mind be in us, which was in Jesus Christ, if we're going to be that living sacrifice that God wanted us to be. Because Paul tells us when you get to the end of chapter 6, he said the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See? And I want eternal life, and I pray you want eternal life. But in order for us to get this eternal life, in the end, we have got to learn how to be a living sacrifice now upon this earth, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We got to think totally different. We got to mortify the deeds of this flesh. We've got to bring this flesh under Subjection. Amen. As we see that Caleb and Joshua, they concentrated themselves, consecrated themselves to the Lord. And Paul did too. Once After he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he consecrated himself and he was willing to give his life for the things of God, for the gospel. The rest of your life from the time you came up out of the waters of baptism was to be to Jesus Christ. Not to this world, not to the things of this world. You know, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. See, you have to learn how to balance life now. You have to learn how to control this flesh so that it does not get out of control. Because notice what he's saying. The flesh is lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. See? But if you walk in the Spirit and walk in the light as He's in the light, we're going to have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus is going to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. we got to stay under the blood. Amen? Praise God. So we want to stay... Close to the Lord. We want to be that living sacrifice, brothers and sisters. And let me tell you, you can do it. I got faith. I got confidence in every one of you out there under the sound of my voice that you can be a living sacrifice. All you have to do is just purpose in your mind and purpose in your heart that you're going to live your life according to the word of God. And you will watch and see, amen, how your life changes. And you will have life and you will have peace with yourself and with others if you walk according to the Spirit and not after the flesh. But if you walk after the flesh, get ready. All you're going to have is torment. You're going to have uncertainty. You're going to have unrest. You're going to be up and down like a yo-yo. Amen. And when, And when the enemy is going to destroy you. But I've got confidence in every one of you under the sound of my voice that you can be exactly what Jesus says you could be. If not, he'd have never put it in his word because he gave us a promise. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Amen. He'll be right there to help us to get through it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I praise you. Lord, I thank you again tonight for your word, God. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your truth over us tonight, Lord God. Lord, prepare us to be that sanctuary.
0: O oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for
1: you. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that I can be a sanctuary for you, Father. Oh, God, I give myself away so you can use me. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness, and thank you for your love tonight. Thank you for your blessing. Let your blood and wholeness flow to your people, God, in every place of their lives. Give them encouragement and strength and knowledge of your word, Lord, that they may grow thereby. We truly appreciate you. In Jesus' name. Don't forget, this Sunday we will still be uh, live streaming our service. Amen. And then after that, we will probably make some adjustments, and I'll let you know as soon as we do that. Amen. So, God bless you. Hopefully, see everybody online with this Sunday morning. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful night.